everyone. Good afternoon. It's my usual line, isn't it? How are we all doing? Hope you can hear me. As ever, I've done a mediocre sound check and so always worried that that's not working, but it seems to be. That's good. I've had my hair cut and so I look, and I've had a shave, so I look a lot younger, don't I? It works. I think it makes me look fatter as well, though, so I don't know, I don't know how high this laptop's going to end up being by the end of the year. Uh, that tends to be, the, you know, I assume all of you have worked that out, is that you, you don't want the up angle on the laptop, on the chins. So my laptop's progressively got higher as the year's gone on. I don't know if uh, any of you guys have been playing with that trick. But yeah, I've had my, uh, had my ears lowered, as they say up north. The trim has been done. COVID haircut number four, I think, from Mrs. Chu. Uh, don't worry, I'm not fishing for any compliments on a standard crew cut. But uh, I just thought I'd clarify. This isn't a continuity error. This isn't an old episode. This is me coming at you live uh, with, with a new buzz cut. How are we all doing? Another week? Um, just because we, we don't... Uh, we don't uh, touch i think uh, we try and go hot topics but we often uh, get sucked into very specific msk issues today we're going to be talking about things that are very close to people's hearts and very much dinner table conversations or what we will be discussing around the pub if we were allowed into there um, such as masks and vaccines and there's a few things that have cropped up on social media around our space in healthcare and in msk to make that relevant and so, yeah, I wondered if I could try and get some of you involved as ever. And so I want to ask you two key questions. That's where I usually like to start for those that are tuning in live. But as I've mentioned before, this gets cast to seven different social media platforms at once, live at 12.30 each day, but then also is available on all podcast players and Spotify uh, after the fact. And so many thanks to those of you that get in touch afterwards by commenting on the social media feeds if you tune into the video but also those that tune in on audio center send us some messages and emails and stuff. And we really appreciate that because we know that it's not always convenient to tune in at 1230, especially international listeners. Thank you to those that tune in in America, particularly on the podcast, actually get more American listeners than British listeners when it comes to the actual audio version, because obviously the time zones don't always apply. So many thanks to those of you that are tuning in on a regular basis. It's, it really means a lot, but also for your participation. You know, it really is for us to chew it over together as a group. So my questions for you today to start us off are, uh, what's your current, uh, what are you currently feeling about the existence of, of mask wearing, both in healthcare and in wider society? How are you getting on with it? Any frustrations? Is it something that, you know, I've heard a lot of people feeling like, you know, it's, well, it's the least we can do. And, and people feeling like it's actually becoming something that, that has been appropriately normalized. And that's a good thing. And then secondly, where's everyone feel, how's everyone feeling about the, the sort of vaccine news? We had some more this morning, of course, with the Oxford vaccine, slightly less effective in its, in its, uh, in its potency, it seems at 70%. However, the, um, there is also some good news around that in terms of the fact that it's not something that needs to be stored at such low temperatures. I'll go into that a little more. Um, Granted, the, the appropriate caveat that I probably should play at every single show, but generally speaking, I'm not an expert in anything, and I'm certainly not an expert in this, but generally speaking, I'm someone that just tries to keep a finger on the pulse of where things are at within my sphere of influence, albeit a narrow one. Um, and so, yeah, it's something that I just want, definitely want to discuss some of my early thoughts as well as then hear what you guys are about to say. So where your head's at at the moment? Um Oh, Ollie said that my audio is a bit distorted. Oh, that's a shame. Right, let me try and work that out then. Oh, maybe this... Uh, one, two, one, two. I think I might know where that is. <sighs> Typical. Well, that, well that, for those of you that didn't get it because it was distorted, trust me, that's the best five minutes of radio I've ever done. 
there might be a bit of a signal issue. I don't know if that's any better. I've just twig twiddled a few knobs and see if that's any better. If Ollie's still listening, maybe you can help me. But yeah, that's what that's why I always used to. Your know, first five minutes used to be me checking sound with you all. Maybe I should have just lingered on that a little longer. So apologies for those of you that uh, aren't getting quality sound. But I've just tried a few things that hopefully have, have cleared this up. But yeah, my questions to you, if you didn't catch the first one, was where you're at, where's your head at with with masks, both in terms of your professional use of them, if you're in healthcare, but also just how you're feeling about the fact that you're wearing masks, etc. Um, and then the the second thing is. With all these news of, of vaccines, Paula Clayton provoked a re really interesting conversation that still goes on, of course, on Twitter, I think, over the weekend, where she was sort of saying if, you know, if, if your employers were to mandate the vaccine for you to continue your employment, is that, is that something you'd be happy with? Even amongst, you know, in, in that chair, and it was often more people that were actually, I'm, I'm comfortable with, you know, taking the vaccine as it stands. However, the act of making it mandatory is something that, that would bother them, even if they intended to take it. Um, this talk of of sort of a national mandates etc which is a, a fascinating um a fascinating area uh, of thinking both politically and philosophically in terms of what that does within individual liberty and, and and whether that would truly increase its uptake the practicalities of what that would mean uh for, for forcing people to do that there's been talk of using section orders which obviously overlaps with you know, um, people sometimes for the first time understanding how things work in sort of in sort of public protections within mental health, um, which is fascinating. Unfortunately, I think not enough people know about that. Um, but it's definitely something that uh, that we we should give more thought to, and something that I, admittedly, at this point in time. I'm someone that, especially with being uh, busy and somewhat exhausted in various different things, personally and professionally, means I, I don't feel like I've been able yet to do as much due diligence on this as, as I'd like, especially in and around the vaccine. And so I'm someone that, that certainly wants to and intends to do far more thinking on this. Um, but it's something that when it comes to mask wearing, that was certainly high in the news, has it all, or has been all the, all the way through this. Uh, but certainly... In and around a trial that came out of Denmark, a big RCT that got done uh, around mask wearing <clears throat> as an addition to other social interventions such as distancing me measures, etc. Um, some using masks and some not, you know, about 3,000 in each trial arm. Um, in a study, um, I think it's called Dan Mask, a Danish mask trial, it's been, been kind of been blamed as and stuff, and it's got its problems. And we're going to talk about those in terms of its methodology and why that's annoying, but also um, what it, what it does doesn't tell us whether it's something that it should should be seen as being pivotal and, and, and should change policy or whether it's something that really should uh, some, some would argue should be dismissed um, I think it's it's interesting um, so yeah I hope my um, I'm just going to have one, one last check for those that are tuning in live to say whether or not they can hear me and if it's still crackly and stuff that's disappointing if so i don't know what's going on with that it must be a signal issue rather than my hardware and if it becomes intolerable then certainly i'll i'll just uh, record something out as a video and post it so if it's uh, if it's still poor then let me know because that's no good um sorry for those that are tolerating poor audio i don't know what the crack is with that but anyway some comments coming in thank you i'll come to those those shortly 
Um, so yeah, the, uh, let's get stuck into this then. So for those that there's those that tune in, posting your comments, I'm just closing them for a second, and we're going to come to them shortly. But I want to know what your what your thoughts are, where your heads at with masks and vaccines, and that can be anything on that topic. By the way, it's not me. Like, what do you think of this opinion on it? It's more just how you're feeling about it. First thing I want to say about masks is, and, and certainly something that to give you a clue as to what I'm interested in your thoughts on is that I've come to realise that in certain circumstances, certain presentations, say clinically, I feel like I would sooner especially on that subjective initial assessment type thing. There are certain circumstances, certain presentations, certain people where I feel like far better clinician without a mask on, even if it's virtual, over a screen, over Zoom or equivalent, than in person in a mask. The way in which I express myself, the way in which I can also read the other person. So two masked people in a room taking a subjective assessment versus unmasked, but then with the limitations that, that virtual uh, gets us. I think it's a fascinating thing that that will go unstudied. You know, this amount amount of times that people are then comparing and rightly comparing ability to retain good outcomes and 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 patient preference, virtual versus in person is both the studies and our social experiment has been going on there. One of the variables that I think is is we're comparing we're not comparing apples to apples at the moment because you've got in person has limitations due to PPE, of which I think are relevant. And in a mask sense, I think that's relevant. And that's not me making a case for the fact that you shouldn't, you know, shouldn't wear it or, or what have you, of course, uh, not at all. You know, it's something that is important, especially in a healthcare setting, for us to be as protective as we need to be in keeping with public health England's guidance in the UK, but beyond. Um, but I'm just meaning that I think it's relevant. I think the way in which we can sort of read each other's expressions, etc., um, when on a especially as in certain circumstances where getting a getting a read on someone and, and it, you know uh, the way that we emote ourselves through expression expression um i think is, is super important and so i find myself not being able to um, necessarily engage as easily or as well or it takes a little longer um in masks than otherwise and so sometimes i'm wishing that initially uh, maybe it would have been better to, to have that conversation even with the limitations that virtual brings uh, rather than be masked and so it's a fascinating thing i wonder what your thoughts are on that and that's why i'm saying that broadly I'm, I'm inviting a mask and vaccine related talk that won't be the last time we touch these two things but that's the sort of thing i'm meaning like just in general how are you feeling about it is it, is it bugging you to wear one in the supermarket or is it that like many, many have said kind of how i feel a bit at the moment with with supermarkets just like at least i'm aware is apart from those occasions where you left it in the car if you've not got one uh, where it becomes inconvenient but otherwise if it's in my pocket and i'm in there for five minutes in a co-op or whatever it's, it, it actually doesn't particularly bother me um and, and uh, but i can also understand the massive difference between whether it puts someone out or whether it's something that um in other countries particularly i've been hearing from people that say look there's sort of mandatory orders in certain districts and states and, and things like that whereby people are saying that even walking around the street they, they have to wear a mask or can be fined or whatever and stuff and you can still see that that's strange or you know what would it mean to mandate that if if a policeman popped his head over your uh, garden fence and you weren't wearing one you know in, in what world you know how much can you uh, infringe on people's preferences in a legal sense like that i think it's a fascinating conversation for us to have philosophically and politically about liberty but in general when it comes to um wearing you know i end up in this situation where i'm kind of a bit a bit ambivalent really at the, at the moment over that but this mass trial was really relevant in that the the danish mass trial like i said about three thousand people in each uh, in each trial arm uh, that i think was was relevant um i think what what i would uh 
what I would suggest is that you, you want to always read. <laughs> I think that's what's shame when people aren't necessarily, especially in healthcare, if they're not especially scientifically literate. And I'm not the best at this, by the way. Um, I, I really do found myself struggling I've never engaged uh, read a lot of research but I'm not really engaged in that process and stuff so it's definitely a limitation of mine I'm not especially academic I'm not well well versed or, or well qualified necessarily in that you know I've done some master's modules and stuff but uh, otherwise you know I'm, I'm certainly not not someone that's empirically uh, that smart and statistically that smart so I have to concentrate really hard on understanding uh, some of the methodologies and stuff but it's kind of helpful especially in healthcare that you need to be more literate than Joe Blogs, perhaps, on this stuff, and so it's useful. Now, when, it, when I read then the Danish mass trial, you kind of got some obvious limitations, most of which, though, admittedly, they do describe in the trial. You know, that's one of the things that I saw some of the commentary around it, because it comes to a conclusion, for those that haven't seen it, that suggests that there isn't really a significant difference in the uh, likelihood of, of getting COVID uh, to be masked or not. Um, and the and and because that conclusion is so contentious amongst those especially that have been advocating for for mask wearing then i've seen a uh, an instinct to then uh, dismiss it out of hand much like you see across our industry generally where if a trial says something that we don't like and it's like suddenly there's a higher scrutiny to its methodology than otherwise but i think that what's interesting about this one is that there's definitely some flaws that that, that we need to talk about and i'll go through in a second just some of my instinctive things on first reading um however it's something that i've been you know so i think i find it disappointing when i've then read it and seen them acknowledge some of the shortcomings etc that that some would want it to um be dismissed or 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 even screened out of, of being for public consumption because of its methodological flaws um as if as if that's something that therefore means it's 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 such it's such bad science that it shouldn't even be considered uh, whereas you know as anything and we've unfortunately especially in msk terms we've produced plenty of trials with limitations and challenges that dismissing things out to hand without giving it an appropriate airing and balancing within within other things is, is a shame and particularly when it comes to mask wearing it's not something that is if well this is one trial that says that but here's a dozen others of similar and more credible methodologies that then show to the other effects it's not the case you know the case for mask wearing was built um from a a variety of different qualitative uh, more than quantitative uh, recognitions like the, um, the the mechanism effect to transmission for droplets. It was about uh, social social um, use of, of, of mass or equivalents over time in pandemics. It was kind of a humanities qualitative approach as well as some mechanistic science that then meant that the mask um, mask mandates in public places, uh, in, indoors public places, became more prevalent. It's not it's not strong RCT methodological or, or robust argument really um which didn't make it any weaker in my opinion i could understand where they came to that conclusion but then when you have an rct it's just a shame for that to see that dismissed out of hand in some quarters um because it doesn't suit certain biases but then similarly i think one of the big things really is that a big part of the campaign is that you know my mask protects you your mask protects me is especially in the uk one of the one of the sloganeering tactics that's been used and, and this trial is certainly about the mask wearer and the likelihood of the mask wearer to, to, to get COVID when it doesn't, doesn't then go into at all or doesn't have the methodological ch uh, chance, really, considering how it's been built, to then understand as to whether the mask protected those uh, around said uh, COVID sufferer, I've called it that, you know, COVID patient when they would actually had COVID 
as to whether or not they then transmitted that, which is a big, a big part of the need for mask wearing. So it really at best only covers half of what its intention was. However, you think about the mechanism of effect of why masks were, were really advocated for in terms of it being that the droplet, uh, the, the way in which, of course, the COVID, COVID particles, you call them that, and that sounds silly, but you know, the actual virus itself is, of, of course, smaller than the pores of any mask, surgical or otherwise, even filtered mask, but it's transmitted through water droplets, of which are of a large and, and therefore the capture is, is relevant, um, means that You'd, you'd expect, and I'd say that even with its methodological um, limitations, you know, I think this trial piques interest because you know, it sort of surprises you to have not, um, it might not have been as effective as some might have wanted it to be, but I'd still expect there to be a significant difference, I would argue, even looking at the methodological flaws. The second thing was that I think um, it's, it's one of its challenges is that you don't really have a good capture of what the compliance was within mask wearing because they give they give each participant 50 masks and explain just how to use it etc and then they sort of self-measured their compliance and and but that weirdly though that is fairly representative you know i quite like it when studies are like that it makes them a bit more pragmatic whereas some are frustrated because you've got a trial that's then sort of supposedly claiming um something that might not be what they measured in terms of how compliant and how smart was it then how well did they get used but generally speaking you think about the mask orders particularly in the uk you've not got you've got you've not got people policing how they're used you've just got a sort of mouth and nose covering people nose sticking out of them most of the time um but i think that's almost what makes it a bit more pragmatic and so it's definitely one of the shortcomings of the trial is that you you know it's not it's not a sterile clinical trial and you can't control for as much as you'd like to. But generally speaking, there are certain things there that I find interesting. It's a lot of mask fiddling that goes on that would no doubt compromise it if you were to try to tr truly test the effectiveness of masks. And I think that's one of the things that has been done more in these big RCTs across across societies is the uh, the way in which people have then have really tested tested different masks and different types of masks against how much, you, how much air comes back and forth through it and what can and can't pass and therefore the likelihood of getting high viral loads etc through these things i think it's fascinating so as i say with that trial i wonder if any of you have seen it but also whether it's something that that should be uh, overtly missed and kept from the media as some would argue and sort of um not referred to and just just pretend it didn't happen whether it's something that informs the conversation but needs to be taken inappropriate context which is what i i mean you can probably see is my take really is that it's something that should be weighed into the body of evidence and by that i don't mean just your numbers i mean the body of evidence including all of the other things that have contributed to the arguments as it stands across qualitative and, and sort of historical and other humanities-based logic to it and then the or is it something that you feel is such strong it's, it's significant evidence against mask wearing that really it's, it should be moving policy in such a way that then uh, lifts some of the mass mandates that, that exist or even the social suggestion that they should be um, that they are credible you know if you feel that this trial is of sufficient evidence to actually move things that far you know i'm interested in your take whereas admittedly i'm a somewhat especially on first glance a bit of a fence sitter on that for the moment so yeah let's see i just want to before i go into vaccines i want to have a little see as to whether or not you feel uh mask wearing just your comments on mask wearing david polter always published but stop the spin yeah absolutely it's really interesting point i mean i'm interested because i've seen it span 
Unfortunately, I've seen it. I wished it wasn't spam, but it's kind of is across various different. You know, some are spinning it as if to suggest that this is the this is the evidence we need to to infer that they are are useless in every which way. And then there's others that spin it um, to suggest that this is something that uh, it's it's um, it's that bad that it should be dismissed even if published. So yeah, definitely uh, interested in in your take on that. Let me have a look. There's a few other comments here on on masks. Um, Joe Turner. Thank you, Joe. As purely a social observation, I find it fascinating how easily we went from mask wearing being totally weird to quite comfortable, not talking in clinic as much. In a funny way, it makes me optimistic that we are an adaptable species and maybe we can change in more positive ways. That said, as you know, I'm not a fan of masks, visible or invisible ones. Yes, I think uh, it's a great point from Joe. Of course, if you don't know Joe, she's hinting at the end there about the fact that, the fact that people put in the metaphorical masks on in which they're, they're there's a acting or pretending or, or having to front up that's what she's referring to there um but yeah thanks joe really interesting points i think that there is something to be said for that and i think on a positive yeah it could show that we're more adaptable than people sometimes put us down for in, in, in sort of people sometimes say oh everyone's slow to change everyone is resistant to change then we have been shown to be adaptable unfortunately i think there is a, an argument in the in the negative there as well in that it kind of shows that Unfortunately, we're 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 so compliant that we could be then manipulated for ill. You know, if there's any sort of nefarious action, not in this instance, of course, but I mean, unfortunately, sometimes the ability for us to to then be quite groupish and and just sort of roll our eyes and oh, it's annoying, but sod it, we'll just go along with it. It means that unfortunately that that could be used for ill as well. And so I, I see it, unfortunately, as I often do, trying to weigh things up. I see it as positive in the ways that you've described it, but there is a, a potential negative there in terms of the fact that unfortunately that what would it take? Yeah, I wonder what level people would just comply with, uh, even if it wasn't a smart thing for us to do reasonably. Um, let's have a little look. What else have we got? Um, Polter says he finds resistance to mask wearing and vaccination bizarre. He grew up in a polio epidemic. Definitely come to vaccine in a second, but I know we are running out of time. Um, Gerbs has said, people that don't wear masks because of beliefs around COVID, I'm not keen to have them in clinic. Uh, I assume he's meaning those sorts of people. I don't know what other risky behaviours they're making. Are they too close? Are they mixing in large groups? Why should I potentially risk my health, my family's health and patient's health? Even if only potentially an increase in, mask, in risk to transmission, should I increase my other patient's anxieties of transmission? Wearing masks is easy. It doesn't take much effort. So why not? This is a really lovely point here from, from Dan in that it's kind of sometimes mask wearing... It's not even as much about that as much as it is sort of a symbol, a symbol of seriousness to many. And I think that's certainly relevant. I think it's kind of irritating that that's what it's taken and that things are so polarized, unfortunately, that that's what it can become. But I think there's something there is that imagine that we then found out through various more robust trials. And it'd be strange if it went all this way. But the more trials came out, the more we came to realize that, well, that was stupid. We needn't have been wearing masks. There is something to be said for the fact that even then, as a, as a symbol of appropriate seriousness to more irritant style uh, public health interventions, keeping your distance from people, um, trying, to, trying to secure only a small bubble of people of which you have close contact with, mask wearing has become part of the symbol of seriousness, hasn't it? And I think that that's something that's certainly uh, relevant. I mean, to some in some quarters, it's therefore become somewhat of a, of a public virtue signal in that you, you're not actually having to act on anything uh, 
something smart or sensible. You're just someone that's just being compliant and, and seen as being someone that's therefore inherently virtuous to do so without then sort of acting on it. And unfortunately, the hypocrisy that occurs, and we've seen that being sort of many high-profile individuals, including apparently the governor of California, who's been uh, creating some quite significant measures that are affecting people, including being very, fairly preachy on the mask front, but then, you know, do as I say, not as I do, has been part of the hypocrisy that's occurred across many different people, not just high profile, but we see that in our own influence networks amongst friends and family sometimes, is that the people that are sort of hawkish and, and judgmental with regards to mask wearing will sometimes then be yeah, licking their grand's eyeballs the next day, um, someone else's grand's eyeballs the next day, unfortunately. I'm being facetious there, of course, but just generally speaking, that consistency doesn't seem to apply. And so Dan makes a really good point there. Um, we haven't got a lot of time, and, and it's certainly something that, therefore, I'm going to make sure we visit it when I've given a bit more thought to it as well with regards to vaccines. But I think what, what's interesting is, you know, Dave said, uh, I've got struggling to find it now, but, um, you know, Dave said, well, why would you avoid being vaccinated? Yeah. And, and, and everyone's sort of aware, no doubt, of the broader anti vax arguments that can occur across. Um, you know, it would be that from Andrew Wakefield's legacy of, of questioning its effect on autism to people that are then, um, especially interestingly, in, in, a, in a, I'm not meaning to smear here, but this is sort of, especially an American chiropractic uh, association to immunity and anti-vaccination and, and the sort of purity, uh, even within certain uh, nutritional uh, aspects where people have then sort of all, all going all natural includes not having chemicals that are sort of vaccinating the children, et cetera, and outbreaks of, of, of long gone diseases, uh, including polio, as, as Dave mentioned. So that, but I think that there's something here that means that uh, whilst, you know, I don't, I don't know how much or if there is anywhere that me and Paltz disagree here, but I just sort of want to make sure that I'm clear that I think that there is an intellectually consistent position at this point in time to be massively, <laughs> massively sneering and scoffing at, at and rolling your eyes at a classic anti-vaccination movement against, uh, you know, things like, you know, your classic and, and, and well-established vaccines of many decades of, of testing and, 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 and checking against their effects and the ratios of which you have uh, adverse events, etc. You know, it's something that I, I'm frustrated and, and as disappointed uh, in, in anti-vaccination movements as I am flat earth movements in many ways. And I'm someone that will satirize them uh, to, to big effect. Uh, however, I think there's something intellectually consistent between still being sort of frustrated and sneering at, at, at that side of the, of the argument, while still being understandably cautious and wanting to understand more about these recent vaccines because of the speed of which they've been put together and what precautions have had to be alleviated because of the situation the world is in. And the fact that it's important for us to understand what the ratio, expected ratio uh, is going to be for adverse events and also what the likelihood of recourse would be if this ended up being that way you know i think it sounds it sounds dramatic i'm not meaning to be that way but unfortunately these medical uh, mistakes and malpractices that can occur and unfortunately in living memory for many people as well the thalidomide's the obvious example there is that a drug a drug for um for morning sickness <clears throat> then ending up inducing many significant physical disabilities amongst the, the offspring of those women is something that whilst you know i'm not for a second suggesting that those lessons haven't been learned and the cautions aren't aren't necessarily uh, going to be put in place but i think it's unfortunate and i think it's remiss if people were to just 
lump in anyone that has any pause for thought because i'll put myself there at least at the moment uh, not for me necessarily being compliant within taking it etc i'm not i'm not suggesting that i'm on the fence there at this point in time as much as i am saying that the way in which people want to lump them in to people that wouldn't take any vaccine or would be in the anti-vaccination camp as of two years ago uh, i think that the, there are some fresh concerns here and things that i think people are going to naturally be more thoughtful about uh, a vaccine that's been made in 10 months than one that's been tried tested in over 10 years and then used for 30. i just think that's a totally sensible um weighing of probability when it comes to something invasive and so whilst it doesn't mean that i'm therefore giving room for uh, mad mad uh, theories uh, any side of it it's more that i'm admitting that there's something there that I think is consistent at this point in time as this emerges and things get announced, including only this morning uh, within the Oxford vaccine uh, being the, the latest to be uh, to be announced. And, and Dave's then said the Oxford vaccine, half dose followed by full dose is 90% successful. Fantastic. So that, that number 90 has been obviously the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines have been up there. And so that's really promising. So all of this is good news. More science is, more science is good. More studies is good. Um, I think there's going to be some careful consideration and, and, and everyone's aware of the arguments for and against. But I do think, admittedly, you know, I just want to say on the vaccine, although we will visit it again, no doubt, I just think there's something that's to be said for giving people the space to, I don't, I don't think there's, there's room for giving people space to be concerned over this one more than there would be for mandatory pet, pet B vaccines that we've had to take for, for decades. Uh, to work in healthcare, for example, you know, I just think that there is a relevant difference there. It doesn't mean the conclusion is different when, when we give it some thought, but I think it's something worth talking about sensibly, maturely, and calmly, um, rather than it, it, it sort of sneering and scoffing or inferring that uh, anyone that I've seen it on the other side that anyone that takes it is is a moron and succumbing to the sheeple effect, <laughs> which Joe Dern has just said, reflecting on what we just talked about with regards to masks. Thank you so much. We're out of time there, I notice. Really appreciate you as always, guys. Really uh, enjoying your thoughts, and it gives me some pause as well when I'm reflecting on these topics of which, you know, I've given some thought to, but not loads. And so I'll be, and no doubt it'll come back around as it, as it goes in and out of the news. Excited for some great shows that we've got this week. Uh, so do keep an eye out on social media for us to announce some of the guests that we've got on later, including Gerbs, if he texts me back. So Gerbs, if you're still watching, then hopefully we want to get you on the show. I did send you a WhatsApp yesterday, so hope you're not ignoring me. All right. Thanks a lot, everyone. And I will see you tomorrow, 12.30. Ta-ra.